Are you struggling to balance your modern life and your faith? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Legacy Dads Podcast with Lance and Dante, offering biblical-based wisdom and that weekly dose of what truly works in men's lives. The Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith. Here are your hosts of the Legacy Dads Podcast. They're authentic, transparent, and not always politically correct. Lance and Dante. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Legacy Dads. Dante and Lance here. Uh, just a reminder for all of our listeners, Legacy Dads is your weekly dose of biblical manhood. This podcast is for men, husbands, and fathers in all stages of life, where we promote and advocate proven biblical principles of leaving a lasting legacy. You know, Lance, one of the things that really impacted me early on, you know, several years ago when you and I first started getting together was uh, a book by Barna. You know, uh, revolutionary uh, parenting. Yeah. And, you know, just really getting into it. And the thing where he really hooked me was, you know, just the 25 years, 20 years of empirical, you know, study of, of different families. And his mark was, you know, looking at all different sides, you know, whether the families were disciplinarian, meaning they believed in corporal punishment or they were non you know, discipline where they would say the crime meets the punishment that's already prerequisited. So like if the kid comes home late, the, the kid hurts his other brother, doesn't do, you know, things that are asked that, you know, the keys of the car get taken away or, you know, whatever the, the name of the punishment is. And there was consistency. And the question that he was asking in this book was, you know, okay, looking at 20 something or looking at early 30 something, uh, what makes the person, you know, revolutionary parenting by whether or not their kids are one actively engaged in the church, actively serving and in leadership. And so immediately, you know, you have your, 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 uh, you know, pre notion that, okay, I guarantee, you know, it's going to be the strict disciplinary parents. And what I found, and I would recommend to our listeners is get through the book, read it. It's a great read was that it was split right down the middle as far as whether you discipline via corporal punishment or, you know, naming the, the result of the punishment through, you know, the, the infraction and that the kids and the parents talked it through so there was no surprises or willy-nilly of how severe the punishment could be. And all that being said is that, that the, the, the whole thing was consistency. And all this boils down to getting to the rudimentary of, you know, Lance, when I first met with you and, and then we started partnering and we're doing things, one of the things was you had LegacyDad.com. You, you, listeners, if you go to LegacyDads.org, you go under the stages, it's updated, it's refreshed, it's a little bit more new. And we're going to kind of go through that, the stages of, of Legacy Dad. So with Lance, with that, I'm going to open you up and I want to get into some of the things we talked about on the previous podcast, but... Have at it, Lance. Yeah, so I think you know, and and I'm glad you brought up Barner because when I when I first really got serious and I said you know I, I I talk about this in some of my testimony, but I realized my the eternal impact that I had as a father and the legacy. Literally, uh, you could leave a legacy of alcoholism, a legacy of abuse, a legacy of unbelief or hurt or pain. Um, and I think there's so many listeners and so many guys and and even ourselves we. 
we are prodigies of that. We understand what that was. And I said, I don't want to leave that type of legacy for my children. Um, and so when I started really getting serious about this, I started looking at, at kind of two things. I said, I wanted an authentic, you know, biblical parenting philosophy, but I also wanted something that had a proven track record of producing children who become Christ-centered adults. And, you know, in a clinical environment, we call this evidence-based. You have to have evidence-based, uh, you know, research or evidence-based, um, uh, a track record because to be honest, there's a lot of parenting books out there and there's a lot. It's just like, I mean, I can write my opinion and tell you, Hey, here's my great idea. But what we're talking about here is having actual evidence of, Hey, these are the things that actually work to produce children who grow up to be Christ centered adults. And I love what you said, Dante, because the, the, you know, back, this was in the, uh, the late nineties, early 2000, all these reports are coming out from Barna and Lifeway and the Fuller Institute. And at that point, it was like 50 to 70% of evangelical youth when the church were basically walking away after high school and never coming back. And that really, sent some red flags for me saying that, hey, all this, the the secular parenting models and some of the stuff that, you know, the best-selling parenting books that we think are working, um, maybe if they're not backed up with, you know, this evidence-based proven, proven track record, then then how do we know they're even going to work? And so that's what I really liked about, you know, figuring out, hey, let's find out what actually works versus opinion, and let's just focus on that. And I think, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this too, but I think we've learned a lot in the last 20 years, just some of the things that we're doing now with neuroscience and early childhood development research, there's a lot better tools to understand that at each stage of parenting, what needs to happen and what needs to be accomplished. So, you know, when I talk about that, you know, these these uh, reports from Barnard Lifeway that said, you know, all these sometimes up to 70% of kids being raised in the church were leaving. That's, that was a scary statistic. That's, I mean, that's basically you're talking three out of four parents are uh, raising children who are going to leave the church. But the question I asked in that, I said, wait a sec. Okay. What are the other, you know, 30% doing? What are the most effective parents? What are they doing differently than you and I? And what can we learn from them? And I think that's what was really important about, uh, some of the stuff in revolutionary parenting. And then this is what we've tried to package and put together in this, in the legacy dad roadmaps is giving dads or moms or whoever wants to look at this. Um, here's exactly what is shown to have the most impact uh, to kind of reach those goals. Does that, does that make sense to you, Dante? Yeah. And I like the, uh, the graph that you have up there, you know, just whole child. And if you guys go to it, www.legacydads.org, and up on the top, you'll see a couple banners across or like uh, drop downs. Just click on stages. You'll see exactly where we're at. And, you know, looking at the whole, you know, child and development, you know, Lance, you got the five stages of self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, social awareness. And then, you know, I think it, we'd probably do best for our listeners if we kind of go through this. And in setting this up, Lance, you know, last, you know, a couple podcasts ago, I don't remember exactly which one, but we were talking about like the child development early stages and, you know, ACEs. And I went to this one event, you know, hosted by Moody and um, there was a few churches down there and it was uh, just a doctor that came in and really got into like the, the brain development. And, and, you know, if you're 
born into a loving and a nurturing home, you know, good food, good diet, you know, not, not abusive, not, you know, sexually abusive, not violent, um, not deprived or malnutrition, you know, the, the, what a healthy brain looked like and, you know, the science there. And then, you know, the same scenario, but put into a dangerous situation, put into a place to where there is violence or sexual abuse or malnutrition or all of the above or lack of parenting figure there, you know, and, and what the brain looked like. And, and the sense, the consensus was, look, you know, we're trying to read people that have not had the full development. And what you don't realize is the part of the brain that is not, you know, um, that is not developed is the part, you know, that people, we wonder why violence is so prominent. We wonder why people are so quick to anger is because this never truly got to develop. And, and how do you do that? It's not that it's too late. You got to invest, you got to show them a loving and caring environment. You got to get them healthy. But the point being is, you know, when you can do this as a parent, when you can come together, why does God intend the family to strive? And this is exactly a good example of that land. So why don't we, why don't you start us out and take us through the early stages as far as development, the stages? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great intro, Dante. And I think uh, we're actually going to, we're going to do that when this first podcast here on this, we're going to talk about the cognitive years of birth to five years, and we'll kind of go through of why that's important. And if you're a dad or uh, you're listening out there, if you're in that stage, if you've got that birth to five years, this is really going to be key for you. And those of you, if you're already past that stage, you can also, as Dante said, it's not too late. If you miss some of these things in those early years, um, you could absolutely start incorporating some of this stuff. And it does work. My wife uh, does does therapy right now, and one of the things they actually do to to deal with this lack of, uh, you know, what you said, the aces or the. Um, uh, some of the the uh, development that they're getting in those first years is they actually reintroduce this to the kids at an older age, and it does have an impact, and it's able to course correct some of the you know things we may have missed early on. Um, so f- first, Dante, I want to I want to start and and kind of start with the the goal in mind. And, and and when we first started off this, I said, what what am I trying to accomplish as a parent? And I think. It's very easy as Christian parents, even though we're Christians, it's easy to get focused on what the world says is the right thing to do for our kids. So what I really went down to, and as I said, okay, here's here's really what I want to do when I raise my kids. One, I want them to have faith and a trust in God, um, you know, uh, a fear of God and obedience to God. And I wanted the faith to be kind of the bedrock of what I did. I wanted my kids to grow up with biblical morals and values and ethics. Um, I wanted them to uh, be leaders, to understand leadership, but also teamwork, and then have accountability, being accountability, not only self-accountability for themselves, but also accountable to me as a parent and ultimately someday to you know a boss or a spouse or a teacher, whatever it may be, but that uh, understanding that you're going to be held accountable. And then ultimately, I wanted to teach them about healthy relationships early on, what a healthy relationship looked like. And we've talked about this so many times, Dante, that really starts with modeling in the home. And uh, we truly believe that, you know, the best way, uh, ultimately, the marriage, you know, between husband and wife is the first thing our kids are going to see that's ultimately going to shape the the relationships. And then what really what we're doing is we're talking about preparing them while they're in our home when we talk about relationships for ultimately marriage someday. And Dante, you and I have said this, you know, our daughters are going to marry men like us for, you know, for good or bad. (laughs) Uh, 
our, our sons are going to grow up to be, you know, uh, men like us for, for good or bad. Uh, so ultimately we want to, we want to help them and encourage them and show them and model them healthy relationships. And then the final thing I really wanted to develop was this outward orientedness, this, you know, um, this great commission or selflessness model, because I think not only do we see this in our culture today where we're so self-centered, everything's about me, 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 and look at me and bring all the attention to me. But I wanted to get back to a biblical principle of, Hey, let's, let's get, you know, focus upward with God and then outward with reaching the lost in our communities and all those types of things. So that's really what I was focusing on. And the ways when I went in and looked at this, and you can uh, pull these out of Scripture, but the ways that I saw throughout Scripture that uh, these things were, uh, you know, kind of um, adopted by our children was was basically in five ways. Number one, we wanted to have, uh, again, we're going to talk about this uh, a lot in this first session, is security in their hearts. Uh, knowing that mom and dad love me unconditionally, knowing that my home is a safe place, knowing that, um, you know, I can be, uh, open and honest with mom and dad at all times. And there have that sense of security where I'm not in a fear based environment or a trauma or abusive home where I don't feel that security. Uh, the second thing was significance in their lives. Um, the third thing was strength for the future. Fourth thing was essential life skills. So I think there's a lot of life skills that we see throughout the Bible that aren't really taught anymore, like, you know, biblical finance and stewardship and, uh, you know, just a lot of different things that, uh, they're not necessarily going to get in an educational environment, but we need to, uh, basically encourage and model that as parents. And then ultimately a big biblical worldview as their their kind of compass for uh, everything they do in life. And I, I'll just say before we get into this, one of the essential building blocks of all this is uh, something called grace-based parenting that was developed by Dr. Tim Kimmel. And really quickly, grace-based parenting, uh, don't, don't mistake this. I know some people, when they hear the word grace-based uh, parenting or grace, they think that means you just give your kid license to do whatever they want and there's no boundaries and no discipline and that's not what it is at all uh but really quickly the big three things with grace-based parenting is uh grace-based parenting lovingly accepts our children regardless of merit and that goes back to that unconditional love i love you no matter what i love you no matter uh what your grades look like i love you no matter whether you score the touchdown or not uh i'm gonna love you regardless the second thing is that we serve our children's needs without a sense of obligation meaning listen hey we been commissioned by God to raise these children up in the way they should go. And we need to do that without feeling like this is some sort of burden on us because this is a privilege that God has given to us. And then finally, grace-based parenting motivates our children to a higher holiness without condemnation. So it's, again, it's, it's lovingly and gracefully uh, admonishing, correcting, uh, holding them accountable, but pointing them at at uh, self-discipline and higher holiness versus just condemning and, uh, you know, punishment and forcing and, and basically pointing out the sins in their lives. Does that make sense? Thank you, Dante. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for the listener, like if you're if you're scanning through this as you're as you're listening to this podcast or you're going, Oh, you know, man, have I blown it, you know, it, it's not too late. I mean, I shared when I went out and met Lance and Gary, you know, we went to uh, a marine base in California, uh, flew into John Wayne Airport. But, you know, there was a point where they're talking and they've got like this whole thing 
And like I'm flying back, you know, by myself to Chicago and just going, I am just so behind and so ill-equipped. And, you know, immediately the evil one gets in there and seeps and says, you know, but the reality was, no, that was a confession on my part. You know, Lord, forgive me not having all the tools, all the armory, all the arrows that I needed in my quill to be ready to go. But I'm going to take these arrows that you've given me, these three wonderful children, and I'm going to finish well. And in it was just owning, okay, what can we immediately make a difference on and, you know, going from there. And, you know, thankfully my wife, you know, as we talked about Jen and, and Kate, you know, she had a psych background. She knew, you know, not only from a nutrition standpoint what the kids knew, but also the development. So I wasn't it, it, that ill-equipped. I'm just talking about my perspective and my ownership and really like not being this authoritarian that's like, do it my way. I'm going to be a hypocrite, you know, getting angry, being selfish. No, it was a more, you know, flying back, coming to Jesus and saying, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm at in these stages because it's never too late. And even if your kids are out of the house, it's never too late, too late to have that generational legacy that we're talking about to make a difference in your child's life. Um, I, I know a brother that waited all of his life up until his father's deathbed for his father to tell him that he loved, loved him. And it restored a generation after generation after generation when he finally got that validation. So to the listener, don't beat yourself up. Don't walk away going, oh, my God, you know, just lean uh, not on your own understanding, trust in God. Ask him to take you in the direction that you want to go. Absolutely. So, Dante, let's let's start breaking some of this out. So in, we've got what we call phase one, which is the cognitive years. So this is birth to five years. And let's just we'll kind of walk through some of these uh, parenting goals. So these are some of the goals that you're trying to establish in those first five years. And again, um, understand I, we, I call this this is a parenting philosophy, a roadmap for a reason. I don't I think every family is different. Every child is different. Each one of us have uh, different personalities and backgrounds and upbringing. So to say, like, do it this one specific way, I think doesn't fit every single family or personality or child. So rather we give you kind of, hey, here's what you're trying to accomplish. You figure out the best way to accomplish that within your unique family situation. So when we talk about some of these parenting goals in the first five years, some of the, you know, we, we highlighted some of these already, what I'll take the kind of the first three and I'll let you jump in here, Dante. So the first ones we're trying to do is create a secure attachment between child and parents. Now, mom, if mom breastfeeds, this is typically the time where she's going to get this. The child's going to feel that bonding and attachment to um, to the, to the baby right away. But as dads, we don't necessarily have that same type of thing, but you can do this through- we can't we can't compete. We don't got boobs, Lance. I, I, I know, but but hey, listen. I I heard that. I've I've seen them. I know there's like man feeding things. I'm not even going to get into it, but I've seen them. I know they exist. Let's but, not go there. Yeah, let's not go there. But no, no, seriously, that's something you can do is just, you know, skin on skin contact with you and your baby, uh, feeding the baby, um, you know, with skin on skin contact. These are all things that you can do. Just holding the baby, singing to the baby, rocking the baby, you know, all these things that you're basically just trying to create that bond uh, between the child and the parent. And this isn't just mom 
mom and baby, this is dads too. So we need to jump in on this. This, the second thing we want to do is create this secure love, this unconditional love of the child understands that, Hey, uh, mom and dad love me no matter what, no matter what, you know, if I'm crying or I'm cranky or whatever it is, um, I'm always going to be loved. And that's, that's not you know, conditional based on my behavior or whether I'm uh, quiet or whether I'm obeying the rules or whatever. It means that mom and dad love me, you know, no matter what. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we don't discipline the child when they do something wrong. And again, we're talking, this is all the way through five years. So you're talking, you know, terrible twos and all that. We're still going to lovingly correct our children and discipline them. We're going to do it in a way that they understand, hey, listen, I love you. I love you so much, but I cannot allow you to break the rules like this, or I cannot allow you to act like this. It doesn't mean that dad doesn't love you. However, I don't like the way you're acting. And and just making sure that our child understands that I'm not angry with you. I'm angry with your behavior. I love you. Um, and, and creating that unconditional love. The, the third thing is a safe environment, that your home needs to be a place free of um, trauma, obviously free of abuse, free of stress or arguing or yelling. Um, it needs to be an environment where kids feel they can, they can come in the home and they can be vulnerable and they can be safe. Um, one of the statistics I look at is that kids that feel like their home is not a safe environment have all sorts of not only uh, emotional and mental health issues, but physical health issues later on. It can lead to things like diabetes and obesity and all sorts of, um, you know, actual health uh, uh, issues have been tied to not having a safe environment when the kids are early. So, um so that it's safe environment and really just trying to create that environment. Hey, we're not going to argue. We're not going to yell. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, doing anything that may give the illusion to the children. If you're, if you're in an abusive relationship or whatever, you need to get help or you need to go to counseling, whatever that may be, but create that environment where the child understands that the home is a safe place for them, not a place they want to get away from because it's a, a bad environment. Uh, does that make sense to you, Dante? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, just, I mean, these are the critical things, you know, that a kid needs, you know, wife needs, family needs security. They need, you know, a roof over their head. They need sustainability. You know, this is survival mode and you just got to be there, you know, as, as a hunter, you know, as prophet, priest, king of your home. And I love that because when you put that in perspective, it's like getting our priorities straight. You know, there's a season for everything when you've got a newborn um, that's your number one mission right there is to keep that baby alive. You know, we go into, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry, Lance, were you done or? Yeah, yeah. You can go ahead and some of the other ones you know, if you the, want you know, the, four, the four step, you know, is introduction to church and biblical living. You know, this is where the rubber meets the road. You know, if, if you hold that little baby girl, that little baby boy, you see their eyes are moving around and, you know, all the aunts, the uncles, the grandma, oh, that's such a smart baby. Look how, you know, they're looking around. But the reality of it is there's a lot of truth to that statement. And that child is watching you model your life. They're watching you model your faith, the way that you walk, your mannerisms. You know, like you said to me, Lance, you know, just put more gray hair on my head about, you know, my daughters are going to marry the kind of man that I am. I mean, so, you know, church has to be a part of that. Biblical living has to be a part of that. Being, you know, hey, let's get up. Let's go to church. You know, let's, this isn't about us. This is about a higher call. It's bringing God and giving God the glory. 
Uh, the other thing too is, you know, number five is families. And, you know, in the life that we're, we're given, you know, the devil's in the details, you know, making room for life. We're trying to like create this place, but, you know, through sports, through activities, through hobbies, you know, it more and more pull away from the family. And it's almost as if it's intentional things that make you go, Hmm, try to have as many family meals per week as possible with no phones, no TV or distractions, you know, use this time really to talk. And, you know, do I mean, Oh, Dante, what we can't watch a family movie. I'm not, not saying that at all. I mean, you could have game night, you could have family night, but you know, the, that family moment, you know, that's just you and the kids. And if you started out and you're modeling it, well, you know, this is the expectation. This is, you know, community, this is doing it. That's something that they're going to have the rest of their life to go through. And, you know, number six is family traditions, you know, begin annual family rituals, you know, week at a lake cabin, you know, cabin, you know, sponsoring a needy family Christian Thanksgiving day blessings, you know, my family, you know, we did St. Mikolash, which was a tradition that my, my wife did, you know, it's the first Saturday of December and, you know, filling a stocking and then getting up early and doing a big breakfast and just doing that, but also doing it for other families. And we've done it ever since. And our kids look so forward to that holiday, not so much for gifts, but that we're giving to others as well. And, you know, these are things that are, are tradition, you know, and they're healthy because they model the importance of family. They model the importance even more of who God is in our life. And we need to go vertical in order to get horizontal correctly. Yeah, and I would say so the 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 big things they're learning in this stage too is everything they're learning is is through development and even from a young age if they're playing they're they're learning by playing. Uh my wife does this thing called play therapy where you very little kids you can see their temperament and their mentality and uh, their emotional well-being by just how well they play and they have social interactions. And I think part of that, it goes back to what you're saying, Dante, is this modeling where a lot of that early, uh, their, their early lens and what they see is based on our social interactions as a family and with others. And is it, you know, is my family uh, a hurried family that never sits down and has a meal together? Or are we a social family that we sit down and uh, we talk every night? The, I mean, we're talking from one years old, babies are picking this up and learning what that social interaction looks like. You know, another big one is um, empathy for others. And, you know, I alluded to this, we live in such a world, a self-centered world where everything is about me. And sadly, a lot of parents, they go into this mode of, I'm going to let the world revolve around my child. And I think that that's such a bad uh, precedent to take because you're setting that child up and, and yourself up for so much pain and, and, you know, temper tantrums. And, uh, even later on in life, we see it as a kids grow older thinking that, oh, everybody's going to stop and just, uh, you know, do whatever I want them to do. So I think from a very early age, we're talking one years old, uh, when you're, when you're playing with others and things like that, teaching them empathy for others. Hey, we share our toys. No, you know, if, if 
your brother takes your toy away, you don't hit him over the head with it. Uh, you know, those types of things are when they're out socially playing, maybe you take them to the nursery at church. How do they, you know, let's that, show empathy for others and, and this idea that you're not the only person in the world. Uh, there are other peoples of the in the world. You have to have a consideration for other people's feelings. You have to think of others, uh, not only just yourself. And that starts, it doesn't, you know, it starts like I'm talking as one years old. Um, the other thing I think is we talked about is, is boundaries and discipline. And when I'm talking more about here, we want boundaries, we want discipline, but really what we're aiming them for is teaching them self-discipline and that there's consequences for actions. And I think if the one thing that can set you up for having a smooth, uh, you know, parenting career is, is basically getting boundaries and discipline right. Uh, you know, early on. So, you know, teaching kids that, hey, this is, these are the rules. This is the boundary. If you cross that boundary, there is going to be consequences. But not only that, but teaching kids the self-discipline that, hey, listen, if mom and dad aren't around, you still follow the rules. There are still boundaries. And from a very early age, if they can learn that, that's going to make your teenage years, Dante, so much more easy. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, and uh, my wife is big. Your your kids, you know, from a mental, you know, healthy, all the way around fulfillment, they need boundaries because without boundaries, nobody really likes to talk about this in the world. But you know, you create anxiety, and and how does society yeah. say, oh, let's deal with anxiety? And you know, you you create worry and you create stress, and then you know that could go into a whole lot of gastronomical issues as far as like, you know, ulcers and, you know, ticks and everything else like that. And, you know, when you give a kid a boundary, they're going to push back, they're going to hate you. And the older they get, the more they're going to tell you that they know more than you, the more they're going to tell you that they, they're smarter than you. And the thing about it is the whole purpose of like, we're talking about these early steps, you know, getting church, getting, you know, uh, serving, you know, like the empathy for others is that they're going to realize that not only are you, you really seriously talking you know talk on the talk but walk on the walk and so when they leave and they depart from you or they start going their own way or taking their own autonomy and steps as an adult they may they may make mistakes they're sinners like you and i and we've made mistakes and you you got to look for those teachable moments that when they blow it you know you can come down and and just totally you know murder them with just uh, anger and frustration and telling them they suck or they're not worth it or you can sit there and say, you know what, they they knew they knew that going into this that I've already warned them or their mom has talked to them about this. And and what can we learn from this? And you know, yeah, there's a consequence for sin. There's a consequence for going outside of those boundaries. And yeah, they'll have to face that. But instead of being nasty or instead of just like just getting in their grill and just destroying their confidence or their ability and just tearing them down, you can look at that teachable moment and really talk it through and just sit there and say, this is why. And, and you, you, you realize there's going to be a consequence and having them talk through it that, okay, you know, my dad, you know, treated me like an adult or my dad treated me like a young adult or my dad treated me with respect or my mom did. And you're going to have so much more into that situation in the milestones that you're creating with these children. Yeah. I'll tell you something, Dante, that, that we did with our kids. And I, uh, it's funny. You just made me think of this, uh, when you were talking about that, but when our kids were about five years old, we sat down and we actually made, uh, what we called our family rules. And we sat down with the kids and we said, okay, we're going to make up some rules. And, and it was really basic. It was at their level, things they could understand. And so, you know, there were things like, okay, we don't, we don't take, 
You know, we don't steal. We don't take other people's things. Uh, you don't come into my room and take my toy or things like that. Uh, we went into, you know, we don't hurt other people. Uh, you know, and, and I think it was, we, we came up with this list of five basic, you know, biblical rules that it was easy for the kids to understand. And then we typed it up and we posted, we framed it and posted on the wall. And so even at as early as five years old, the kids knew those are the rules. Those are the boundaries. If we break one of the rules, there's going to be consequences. Um, and, and so doing these little things, especially including the kids in that process, it gets them, it builds buy in. So now they're a part of the process of developing this. So they're much more apt to, to follow those rules because they were the ones that helped develop it. Um, you know, I think you're, we're, we're getting kind of into here and you're, you've already alluded to some of the steps and some of the things we can do at this early age. So I'm going to hit a couple more of these, um, and then we'll kind of wrap this thing up. So, um, when it comes to, I want to give you guys this resource and it's on the website, but, uh, if you're, if you're more, if you're curious about how do I create this secure attachment, how do I create a safe environment? Uh, you can go to legacydads.org backsplash aces, A-C-E-S, and there's some videos on there that'll actually show you what we're talking about and how do you do this in very simple terms. Um, so some of the other things that you can do during this, this first few years, because you are, you really developing a solid foundation, um, d- based on your beliefs, your denomination, what you believe, I believe this is the time you want to get into your baby dedication or your infant baptism, if that's, you know, what your denomination believes in, but you're introducing to your child, one, you're telling your, your faith community or your church, we, we're choosing to raise this child, um, according to biblical principles and in, in, in God's church. Um, and then, like you said, Dante, we're introducing them to church and biblical living. They're seeing from a very early age, we go to church every Sunday, we go to Sunday school, we, you know, we have a biblical worldview, whatever that may be, but you're, you're starting and laying that foundation so they understand what it's like to be ultimately someday members of a church. Um, another resource that I found really great is a, um, a guy named Dr. John Trent. He has a website called strongfamilies.com and he has this thing called blessing your child. And really it's uh there's a book and I think he sells a kit or something like that too, but it really talks about, you know, uh, writing and developing a blessing for your child and then actually blessing and praying over your child for, uh, the things that you want to see in their lives and the things that you hope God helps them with. And it's a really powerful process. And I think this is something at a very early age, your kids will understand. And again, it goes back to what you were saying, Dante, it's creating those traditions or those memorable moments where kids from a very early age are understanding, this is what we do. This is the way the world works. This is what our biblical worldview looks like. Um, I will tell you one of the other things that we did all the time was we established uh, a family night and we did like once a week, we would have uh, one night a week. It was like family night. And whether that's, you know, movies or games, or maybe we went out and we did something as a family, but we said, Hey, one night a week is going to be our night where we just do something together as a family. Um, but establishing, and then we established that as a routine and maybe we didn't hit it every week, but you know, uh, two weeks out of four weeks of the month or something like that, we would try to hit the family night. So, uh, we were developing again, that, that 
well, one, it creates the secure attachment. It lets the kids know they're loved. And then if we're doing it in the home, it shows, hey, our home's a safe environment where we can do these types of things and we can build closeness and bonding. Um, Dante, is there anything that you guys, can you think off the top of your head during this time, some things that you guys did, you and Kate did with the kids? Yeah, well, actually, we do have family game night. And uh, so when we went to Disney World when the kids were really young, we saw kind of like this uh, trophy, like you would get a like a – a movie, you know, like a, an Emmy or something like that. It was Mickey Mouse. It was a golden Mickey. And so we would, you know, we'll play Uno night. We'll play, you know, card games. Uh, the condition is that everybody from the family has to be there to win the trophy. And we'll go to like, you know, 31 Flavors, Dairy Queen, you know, uh, out for a donut. You know, we'll sit at the table. But that's it. And, you know, we'll say, okay, from the start, you know, if it's a school night, obviously uh, who wins one game or two games, but um, that that's how we play it. And so, you know, each time that we do that, and it may not be every week that we do that, but, you know, every couple of weeks. So the last two or three weeks, it's been sitting in my son's room, you know, and it's just a sense of pride and everything else like that. And the other thing too, is that, you know, we try to be intentional. Like if you, if you're just a one child family, great. If you're two, three child family, we make it intentional for my wife and I both is that, you know, as much as we do things as a family that cognitively we have to invest in each of these child individually. And, you know, we're one child. Oh, I want to do that. But, you know, letting the child know, hey, you don't get to have everything that this person has or that, that life isn't fair and it's not always, you know, equality and you're getting everything one for one. But I'm talking about like we date them or we go out and this is how a man treats a woman. This is how a woman treats a man. This is what a woman wants from a man. This is what a man wants from a woman. And you're modeling that and you're opening the door and you're just showing these different things. So like when I take my girls out, I'm taking them out like I'm actually on a date because I want them to know how a man should treat them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm listening to them and I'm showing them respect. And so, you know, there'll be times like my, my daughter looks at me, she knows I like to walk, you know, to get in shape, you know, or stay in shape and says, Hey, you want to walk for coffee? And, you know, it's one of those things where, where did she get that? It was because I started modeling them for that. And it's yep. a good reminder. And so these are the things that I absolutely love. And the other thing too, early on, um, I saw a, a hobby that my, my wife and daughter did and I absolutely loved it. And it was like good night and good night night, but it was this blessing. And then we had this one uh, pastor that was coming through churches and he gave us like, you know, bless your kids before bed. I love that you said yep. that Lance. Yep. And it's got to a point where every night, and I kid you not that my kids will not go to sleep if they do not have a blessing for their mom or dad. Wow. That's really and. Cool. And it's really cool because it's as important to them as it was to us to initiate that. So I absolutely love that aspect that you're asking, like, what what are some of the traditions that we do? And, you know, if you're a listener, if you're hearing that, you know, write those down. And, and hey, if we got a little bit too busy, our lives are leading us instead of our leading our lives. Let's be a little bit more intentional with the family. I mean, after all, this is the most important thing that you have. This is your mission field is your wife and your family. God first, your wife and your family second. Yeah, and I, I, I think I just echo what you said in the beginning, Dante. It's about consistency. And again, we may not be able to do family night every week, but hey, if you can get it, you know, like I said, two out of two out of four weeks out of the month or something like that, uh, it's that consistency over time that we're trying to to build in our kids. Um, so I'll tell you guys, and, and on the grace-based parenting piece, there's a great resource out there that'll talk about how do you develop a grace-based home, and that's uh, uh, it's the grace-based parenting small group. 
Um, it's uh, the first, it's, I think they call it first or one, but uh, you can go over to uh, familymatters.net uh, or I believe it's also on Amazon and just look for Grace-Based Parenting. It's actually a DVD study that you can buy. You can do it as a small group or, or we just did it as parents or if you're a church or you are on Right Now Media, which is essentially kind of a Christian uh, streaming type of Netflix thing. Uh, I believe it's on there as well. But what you'll learn is through the course of this first thing is is really how do you create an atmosphere of grace in your home? How do you focus? There's three uh, driving inner needs that every child has and one, what are they? And then how do we meet those as parents? And then this shows you how to start laying the groundwork of teaching love, acceptance, and grace through things like uh, their playing, their school, their friends, their sports. And again, as everything, the real, the thing that we always harp on and that I love is all of this is learned through actions, not words. And so it goes back to that modeling aspect where we have to model this in the home for our kids to catch us. Um, so uh, I hope that kind of you know, encapsulate some of this. It's, it, it's a lot. Uh, I will tell you guys, as Dante said, go back over to legacydads.org backslash stages and you can walk through and look at some of this other stuff. We put some links in there as well where you can get on these more resources. But you know, I would say don't try to do it all at once. Grab one or two of these things. Grab whatever makes sense to you or whatever you gravitate to and just uh, try to incorporate some of these things in, into your family or into your uh, kids' lives right now. And with that, guys, I just want to say, as always, we love you guys. We uh, we thank you so much for all your support. We're praying for you guys. Uh, please hit us up. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we'll put this up on Facebook in the closed Facebook groups. So you guys can come in and have a discussion if you want to talk a little bit more about this or uh, share some ways that maybe you what are some of the things you do with your family and your children because we'd love to hear that as well um and uh please head over to itunes leave us a great five-star review uh if you don't like us then don't worry about it it's not a big deal uh but if you do yeah leave the review. if you do leave the review um yeah and also i would just add to that lance uh we really appreciate some of those prayer requests that are out there you know thank you for just being raw and open you know you're you're getting at the heart and the vein of legacy dads and for those of you that are saying hey i'd like to hear this topic or can you address that keep those coming because you know you, you're not only just affirming what we're doing but you're challenging uh, challenging us as well to go deeper and really you know hit you guys where you're at but it's also kind of hitting us too because it's a good reminder or maybe some of the things that we're shellacking or lacking on that we can get a little bit more attention to so we're doing this together guys yeah absolutely and i think what we're going to do is we're going to break this out over the next few podcasts and give you every stage so uh maybe you're not at that stage right now but you can then uh you'll have this resource you can go back to it or download it or whatever and you'll have that for when your kids hit their uh hit that stage you can re-listen to this but um we're gonna hit this up for you guys and i hope it's a valuable resource if it is let us know uh, again this is based on uh evidence-based biblical proven um evidence that what actually works to raise you know, kids who ultimately grew up to be Christ-centered adults, and that's what we're looking for. So with that, guys, we thank you so much, and as always, we are praying for you, and we will see you next time. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legacy Dads Podcast with Lance and Dante, real men, authentic faith. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit LegacyDads.org and on Facebook.com slash Legacy Dads and on Twitter at Legacy underscore Dad. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on the Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith.